Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to your God's Love podcast. I'm Haley Helveston. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Emily Sauer here. She is the founder and inventor by necessity of ONUT. Welcome. Hello. Hey. Having me. Yes. So excited to have you here. Love what you're doing. Y'all, I'm very excited to talk to Emily because you know, it's always so exciting to see someone that is doing similar work. So tell everybody what you're doing. Yeah. So I primarily started out as a patient. I worked in a totally different industry. I had a different life uh, before ONUT came around. And, but, you know, what I did know was that I had experienced painful sex for a very long time and I didn't feel comfortable telling anybody about it, including um, a partner. Uh, and the one time of the year I did bring it up was to a doctor and they were dismissive, if not completely unhelpful. So what I was left with was just to blame myself. So what do you do when that happens? You look online for products, I couldn't find anything. And so I finally reached a breaking point in a particular relationship where I needed to do something because painful sex wasn't just a physical experience at that point, it never was. Painful sex made me feel like a failure. It made me feel disappointed in myself as a partner, as a woman, as, as the person who I thought I was. So I thought, you know, if, if sex is painful when it goes too deep and I can control how deep penetration goes, then maybe I'll feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I created a wearable that helps adjust basically uh, how deep penetration goes so that partners can actually enjoy each other uh, for the first time in a long time. Wow, I love that. Yeah, that is so cool. Okay, so how, um, like, are people just saying, wow, you know, this has really helped me in terms of, because I've heard, like, from what the work that I've been doing with coaching and, you know, just doing this work overall, it's crazy how common painful sex is. So that's the wild thing is that we all feel so alone and isolated in such a shared experience, right? I hadn't talked about painful sex ever in my entire lifetime. And the moment that Onut became a vehicle for conversation, I couldn't stop talking about painful mm. sex. And every conversation was like a firework finale of, of it, like heart explosions and tears because people felt like they were unrelatable. And, and they're not, you know, and, and regardless of gender, I, I would talk to men too, and they would either know someone who's had pain during sex or had been with someone who had pain during sex and didn't know what to do about it. So it's what's so wonderful. It's almost just like the floodgates have been opened and now people feel like it's no longer an indicator that something is wrong with them. It's just, you know, 75% of women will have painful sex. It's like almost all of us. And so it's just kind of a part of life now. Yeah. And don't you think, I mean, what are the causes of that? Is that in terms of, because I've looked this up too, is it in terms of what maybe they're having penetration before they're ready and she's not wet enough? Is it hormonal? Is it, what is it? You name it. it. There are so many different reasons for pain during sex. It could be because you're stressed on a Tuesday. You know, uh, it, it ranges from stress to like the deep, deeper root causes or, or diagnostics like endometriosis, uh, interstitial cystitis, which is bladder pain, uh, Painful sex could also happen from different kinds of surgeries or scar tissue. Postnatal is a huge one. I mean, if you're pushing a watermelon out of your vagina, you imagine something's going to give. Um, but I, I will say uh, there's also a large psychological component around it, which, which makes sense. 
for me personally, there were certain positions that I knew were going to hurt no matter what happened. And I just expected that if, if, if ever that position were to happen, it would hurt. So I got into this fear, uh, fear response cycle of expecting pain during those positions. Mm. And uh, that, that can perpetuate the pain itself, which is, which is hard to undo. Um, and in a way, actually, Anna does help that. It's like, again, it's like you, you have these relationships with certain positions and then you try Onut in those positions and then the pain isn't there. And it's just like, oh my gosh, what is real? <laughs> uh, sorry, oh, hang on one sec. There's a, there's a car that drove by. Oh, hey, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's really great what you're saying because I think that it's like so important to be discussing all of this because you know what got me into this work is i was on antidepressants i couldn't have an orgasm i thought i'd be one of those women that just you know couldn't um and so it's so great now that i've done all these interviews and coaching because there's so many things that people are struggling with sexually and even just in their relationships that people aren't talking about yeah well you know what's in you bring an interesting point up about orgasm too and so much of, of modern day sex has been eroticized or um, grat- gratuity, like uh, gratification oriented, where it's all, it's all about like the, the luscious, juicy, wet stuff. And we oftentimes forget what is the kind of sex that makes us feel good about ourselves? What is fulfilling sex? how do we want to feel about ourselves while we're having sex? I feel like so often we get tied up in what's expected of us culturally that we forget why we're doing it at all. And I'm curious to hear from you if you've learned anything in like interviews or in your own experience that has changed your perspective on how you approach sexuality aside, like outside of the erotic spectrum. Mm, yeah, you bring up a great point. Yeah, I think that that's something that I've noticed a lot with people is they're way too goal focused. And mm-hmm. even in myself, I went through a period where I was just so focused on the goal. So now I'm feeling like it's for me, it's just more of enjoying the journey. And like, even with myself, like when I'm self pleasuring, just figuring out like, okay, what's going on? Like, how do I feel? You know, um, because we get stuck in doing the same thing because we know it leads to a certain result. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of an analogy where what, what is something that we actually enjoy the process of and when it's over, uh, oh, we're sad that it's over where, where, well, yeah, no, maybe let's just put a bookmark on that. I'll, I'll come up with one. Yeah. I mean, so many people are like that, but I feel like if the whole, no, I always recently I've been comparing it to life. Like we get so used to going to the goal of, okay, after college, then there's this, then there's marriage, mm. then is and there's you know there's all these different levels it's that and then that's like a very linear track as well it's it's a goal oriented with a very distinct set of milestones along the way and that is is such a limiting view of what sex can be oh my gosh i'll tell you one of my favorite one of my favorite games and it's a the simplest game on the planet it's called the three minute game and it rocks my world and my partner's world every single time okay all you do is you need a timer and you Mm -hmm. ask your partner it could be out of the blue. There's no expectation whatsoever. But the thing that initiates the game is you ask your partner, how do you want to be touched for three minutes? And they literally answer, I would like you to, I would like you to rub this part of my body with this amount of pressure and you can explore the, in this way. 
okay, great. And then you set a three minute timer and you do it. And they don't have to perform. Like when, once you, once you say what you want, you just lay there and you receive it. Mm. You don't have to tell them that you just, you just, you just take it in. And then the person giving it has three minutes to do their darn best because that is the goal of the game. <laughs> you know, when you're offering to, to give for three minutes, it goes by very quickly and it's very satisfying for both partners. Well, I love that. I'm glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. I talked with someone yesterday and they did the, <laughs> he said, Throat Thursday where it's dedicated to him. And then he said, Tuesday, something for her in terms of like, Thursday. Tuesday play for, I can't remember what he said, but then Tuesday, what did he say? That's funny. Listen, everyone's got their stuff, you know. It's like, how do you how do you add spice back into the mix? Yeah, definitely. I can't remember the other name of what he said for Tuesday, but yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. The other thing also is that we we jump straight to orgasm so quickly that we forget that there's like a there's a mental process. A lot of times it takes you know your your body might be warmed up, but your head might not be there, or, or you start like making out with your partner, and all of a sudden there's concern like, how am I doing? What is my body supposed to be doing right now? And then when those thoughts start to kind of tornado, then everything starts to constrict or, um, you know, tense up. And what the three-minute game allows and what people often don't allow is just room to make out or, like, kiss slowly or to touch someone's forearm for, like, 30 seconds. Mm, I love it. Have you heard of the book Slow Sex? No. Mm, yes. I'm all about the slowing down, which is similar to what you're saying. I love it. Oh. Even going back to with the whole fear response thing, which you said, like, it's like, if you're always anticipating the pain, then yeah, of course, you're going to feel pain. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and yeah, how do you, how do you break those cycles when very few systems are in place to help us do that? Mm -hmm. Like when we go to our doctor and we ask, like, we ask them for help, they often don't. And then you try to find a pelvic floor physical therapist and sometimes they might be really far away or they might be really expensive. Uh, do you know about pelvic floor physical therapy? Yes, I'm actually seeing yeah. some for the first time on Friday. Oh my gosh, congratulations. So excited. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, so are you, are you ready? Are you, uh, you know, like, are you prepared for the, your first time at pelvic floor physical therapy? I don't know, I'm kind of nervous, to be honest, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically it's just someone getting to know you, your body. And it's the same way that you do physical therapy for any other part of your body. And sometimes it, you know, there's like, it's a little uncomfortable physically. And sometimes it feels like a massage and like, you know, either way you're working towards like toned, uh, ad, like agile muscles. Yeah, that's what she was saying. It sounds like from what I've heard from the research and from doing this work, it seems like every woman should be doing some form of pelvic yeah. floor work because, yeah. um, you know, it, it's they compared to like going to the dentist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, you got to keep up with your teeth. It's the same way that anyone would exercise. You have to, you know, moving your body uh, throughout a lifetime and not expecting it to perform for you is, is really important. I mean, a lot of women just expect that after you, if you, after childbirth, you'll inevitably just pee when you laugh. And that's not something that is, has to be sustained that way. Or if you have, a, like, if there's a chronic pain situation, like that's not fixed. There's a, oftentimes a perception about, um, yeah, these circumstances being fixed or, or not even worthy of addressing. I mean, that's one of the things with Ona that I'm really proud of is that, we 
with our messaging, try to just help people realize that, that you're not broken and that you are worth, you know, working with and on, like, and it's not working on because it, that, that might mean that there's something wrong, but you know, we're all capable of being loved and loving. And that is where sexuality can start. Like that is such a, a wonderful place for sex to start. You know, own it isn't just a means to have sex. It's a means to believe in yourself. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that is so key. Yeah, because there's so many people that are suffering sexually or just anything with their body that think there's something wrong with them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Honestly, I think every single person on this planet would think that there's something sexually wrong with them. I, I mean, right? Well, yeah, I've had guys, this is when I very first started this work in coaching. I switched from health coaching to what I'm doing now. And this guy DM me a picture of his penis and was like, my girlfriend broke up with me. Um, is it too, is it too small? And I was like, what? <laughs> That's crazy. And he sent you that as a, as a coach. Yeah. And I was, as a friend. I think he was like looking at me as like a coach um, because I've never met him or anything, but it was very weird. Uh, yeah. It's, it's also interesting. There, so there's such a misconception around size as well. Uh, there's, I don't know exactly the numbers, but the amount of men who are not content with their size compared to the amount of women who are content with their partner size is completely not the same. Like women, women are generally far more content with their partner size. Oh though. yeah. I agree with you about that. Cause I had a call with them the other day and they were talking about how like, if you get too big, it, it goes back to the pain thing, you know? Yeah. Well, it's also interesting, you know, we, we often, so we actually just came out with a wider Onut ring because mm -hmm. we came out with the Onut classic and the idea was for it to be comfortable for penetrating partner and comfortable for a receiving partner who might be experiencing deep pelvic pain. But some people wanted a looser fit and there might be critique that like, oh, Onut just came out with a wider size because big dicks are the reason pardon my language, why um, sex is painful. Whereas actually we're creating tools so that everyone can have enjoyable sex. It's like we forget that people who are endowed have feelings too. <laughs> we, we kind of hypersexualize them and put them on this pedestal that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And uh, ultimately it's, they're just human. And they, they have, they're embarrassed about the same stuff, same kind of things we're embarrassed, embarrassed about. So. Yeah, totally. You're right. Yeah. So what like final takeaway would you want everyone to have from this conversation in terms of your product or what you're doing? Yeah. You know, I, I think that one of the trickiest things about painful sex is starting the conversation. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's like, how do you, how do you bring it up? Like, when do you bring it up? Do you do it in bed? Do you do it at the movie theater? Like over dinner? And they're having a catalyst to start that dialogue just makes everything easier. And so using Onut as that excuse to talk about painful sex is just the easiest way to get the ball rolling. Um, you know, like it, because Onut exists means that there's enough people who have this, you know, situation to warrant it. So it's like, oh, there's this like funny stack of rings called Ona that you, you know, you wear at the base of a penis. And it's kind of like a, like a sex bumper. Like, and then, you know, it, it's, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's such a fun conversation too. 
and it's so liberating. So I would just say the main takeaway take is just use ONOT as an excuse to start the dialogue about painful sex. Mm, yes, I love it. Yeah. Anything to just help the person not experience that because no one wants painful sex. Well, and also the shame associated with it. You know, it's like whether or not you actually buy an ONOT, anyone who comes into contact with the brand should just feel like there's no shame to be felt around it because it is so common. It's, you know, it's not, obviously it should be addressed, but it's not, um, you know, uncommon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. That's how I was trying to tell people about orgasms. What were you, what were you saying? About Just the same thing, what you're saying. There's so much shame in general around sex. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And anything to just kind of facilitate an open mind is, is a good place to start. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Okay. So where can everybody find you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Google, uh, or you could just Google O-Nut, O-H-N-U-T, or you could Google O-Ring or Penis Buffer, but I would just suggest looking up O-Nut, or you could find us on Instagram at O-Nut Co, O-H-N-U-T-C-O. Cool. Uh, we also have uh, the Pain Perception Project, which is on our website for people who don't have a diagnosis or who are having a little bit of trouble speaking to their doctor about painful sex. The Pain Perception Project is basically an assessment that's almost like an intake form, but we ask questions about quality of life and uh, sexual health, like sexual health priorities. And ultimately it results in a PDF that you can print out and bring to the doctor with you to facilitate that dialogue. Okay, sounds great. Yeah, I love that. Okay, thank you so much for joining me. I love what you're doing. Y'all be sure to like, share, subscribe to the podcast. And we'll yes. talk to you later. Bye. Awesome.